This is the TJ Show. It's almost the end of January. Let's take note of our New Year resolutions. Did you have one this year, j No, I don't make them. Okay. Kenny, did you have one? That's a negative. <laughs> okay. All right. We got, uh, hey, but you're two for two, right? You didn't, <laughs> yeah. you didn't bail out on your New Year's resolution. No. Right. I would say mine was discipline. I wanted more discipline in this year. So have you bailed out? Because you said was. Well, no, it still is. Okay. And I'm taking it very seriously because anyone who has kids and a job and all of the things that life throws at us, mm-hmm. you realize time will evaporate if you don't plan it. And I know that I need to be better at that. So I'm being very calculated in how I plan my time. And so far, it's made a huge difference for me. That's so good. And I'm so grateful for that. But Ohio State University has their Fisher College of Business. They released some stats. And in this stat, uh, I thought this was interesting. 43% of people quit by the end of January. Mm. So it's discouraging. If you're still on it, good for you. Well, it's not 50%. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> right. So I guess you could say more than half of people stick with it, which yeah. is a very impressive stat. Right. I noticed a, a very dear friend of mine. His name is Matt. I've known him since we were kids. I saw we were all catching up. We're all still in a group chat, which I love. That's all my cool. high school buddies, we, we still are in touch with one another. And he said, oh, man, I almost made it through dry January. <laughs> now, if you've never heard of dry January, that's when you just say, I'm not going to drink alcohol through the month of January, which is kind of like a mini New Year resolution. Yeah, it's like a detox. And uh, he didn't make it. Oh, And I, I feel bad for him. Bummer. He was so close. And I had to ask him, you know, why didn't you make it? What happened? And he sent me a message back. You want to hear the reason yeah. why? My wife and I started the year on, with dry January. We were really strict, didn't have a sip of alcohol. This is the origin story. They were doing well, j like I said. Like, really wanted to make it happen. And, you know, we made it all the way to January 27th. And my wife and I had, a you know, our first night out of the new year. That's mm, getting dangerous now. Dinner, went to a comedy show and, and stayed in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Well, my in-laws watched the kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, you just said that. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we got a problem. And you know, on January 27th, we're like, all right, let's just let's just enjoy ourselves. We're done with dry January. Let's co- we're going we're gonna to move it to damp January. So, listen, damp January, damp January is still an accomplishment, right? <laughs> Jabo, do you agree? Uh, if the goal was to be dry January and now you have damp January... I'm going to say no. But it's just a little dampy You fell damp. short of the goal. If you're running a race and you stop right before you break the ribbon, yeah, but you, you did, didn't win the race. But you still get the health benefits of running all that way, mm, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of these comedy clubs have like a two-drink minimum. Yeah. And uh, I don't yeah. think you should sacrifice going to see a comedy show for dry January. I mean, laughs yeah. is the best medicine. That's true. I didn't think of that either. You know, he basically set up every hurdle you could possibly have <laughs> with dry January he sure did. in one night. And he got a sitter. Yes. That, hey, was the, that was the ribbon right there. <laughs> Producer Heather. Um, I don't know if Kenny knows this, but they also sell non-alcoholic beverages at comedy shows. <laughs> Kenny, no. get no, water or soda, whatever you want. <laughs> he never gets to that part of the menu. Right. You know, one night... It's not that big of a deal. We still accomplished a lot for you know the month, so we're still pretty proud of ourselves. There's my friend Matt. Hey. Explaining himself. Take note for those who are inspired to do a dry January next year. It's too late this year. Uh, although... It's always February. I mean, could, <laughs> start over. You could, like, take the last couple days off, right? You right. Know, that's something. Uh, make it a damp January. And congratulations to anyone who is sticking with their New Year resolution. 
was hanging out with camera guy Josh the other day. And he's like, you're not going to believe how much money I saved from one phone call. He's always got some awesome money trick up his sleeve. And I like it because I love to save money. You're like a bank account magician. <laughs> Thank you, TJ. <laughs> I love it. Make it's, those dollars multiply. It's so cool. What made you start caring so much about preserving money, using it wisely, and multiplying money? Because I think it's so easy. And I've been in phases in my life where I just made money and I've spent money. Made money, spent yep. money. And you mm-hmm. seem so calculated and you care so much about the details of not only every cent going in and out of your bank account, but finding ways to save huge chunks of money that are actually really easy. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to think that in order to gain wealth, you had to have a super high income. And then I started meeting people who have never had all that high of a yearly income, but were very wealthy. And so once I realized that, I saw that it's actually more important how you are a steward of that money and what you do with that money. And that's more what builds your wealth. Which is so counterintuitive. Because I think oftentimes you're right on the money. People think, oh, if I could just make more, then I'll be set. And that's not the case. And the proof of that is look at some of these sports stars or musicians who wind up completely broke after they make a fortune Mm -hmm. because they had no strategy with their money. So so you could be making 50,000, you could be making 80,000, you could be, you know, just go down the list of these usual salaries that you see in schools. You know, teachers who are wealthy. Yep, actually, that's the number three profession of millionaires or teachers. Josh, formerly a teacher, mm-hmm. now working here. We love having Josh here. You discovered something else from one 15-minute phone call. I'm like, dude, share it with everyone. Right? I called my homeowner's insurance, which sounded scary to me. I think that's why I've never done it. And I got a way better rate with a different company, and they canceled my old insurance for me. Like It, it took like all of 15 minutes, and I have brand new homeowner's insurance for more money that I get covered for less money that I'm paying. Yeah, and it was one phone call. And it's so interesting. In the past, I've dealt with people who uh, advise you on, like, what car insurance do you need if you have that? And go down the list. And it can all seem so overwhelming because it's not what we do on a day-to-day right. basis. Mm-hmm. And so you just assume, oh, this is how it's done. I even had someone tell me a long time ago, somehow I got connected with, like, an insurance agent. Right. And, you know, I'm sure some of them are amazing. Mm-hmm. This particular one said, ah, it's not even worth calling. The <sighs> rates are all the mm-hmm. same. And me Meanwhile, how much did you save just from making one phone call? $40 a month just from like a 15-minute phone call. Break it down for the year. So what is that? $480 per year for 15 minutes? That's almost 500 bucks. See, that's like my salary increasing by that much every year. Like just those little things. But not only is your salary increasing by that much, but you can go, oh yeah, okay, so it's $480. Well, when you break down how many hours you have to work to clear $480, you're actually saving way more money. Absolutely. Because now think about the taxes that you paid on that money. It's just this snowball effect and it just requires us thinking in this strategy. So thank you for sharing that. It may seem so simple. It could be saving a whole lot of money for us. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Call them. Procrastination will definitely keep you from saving money and have you wasting time because you're thinking it's going to take me three hours. And Josh, it took you 15 minutes. How long did you procrastinate before you did it? I actually did procrastinate. I had the same policy for three years. (laughs) I was wasting that money for three years. Yeah, now you're talking 1,500 that could have been saved maybe. I mean, depending on the, the rates at the time. So Josh, thanks for continuing to share these little tips with us because I love taking note. And sometimes I'm not even thinking about it and I go oh maybe I should go to that Mm -hmm. grocery store or maybe and these little things add up and it changes our lives it does Jaybo do you have any friends who have 
no filter whatsoever? Yes, I do. That friend in my life is Jeffrey. Oh. And I haven't heard from Jeffrey in a little while. Okay. But I got a voicemail from him yesterday. And you mind if I just play it for you with no context whatsoever? Yeah, I don't really know Jeffrey, but yeah, go for it. Hey, TJ, this is going to be one of the more random, unsolicited, out of the blue voice notes that you ever receive in your life. And so I'm just giving you the disclaimer. And actually, there's also a disclaimer about being offended. Just know that this is coming from a place of love and this is coming from a place of I can relate and I found a way that I was able to help myself. So I want to help you. <laughs> now, at this point, I don't know. Did I, I already say... have a feeling. Yeah, let's go. You have a feeling? Just, just, just. Uh, Jeffrey just needs to say it because I, I need to know what it is. <laughs> I have a feeling. He's, I think I know what he's going to talk about. I thought maybe I said something that he was offended by. Like uh, maybe I haven't reached out to him in a while. I'm thinking about all these things that it could be. Okay, with that said, cut through the chase. I noticed, and disregard me and delete me if this is rude, because it is not intended in that spirit, and so I hope you can receive it in the spirit that it is intended. I'm going to cut to the chase, but first, (gasps) let me tell you a whole lot more. Right. Uh, Okay, okay, okay. So, I I just, you know, uh, we are men of a certain age, and I noticed on your Instagram that you're... Hair follicles aren't as abundant and maybe thick and dense as they once were. So it's about my hair. I had a feeling he was going to go there. How did you know that? Only because he said, I too have the same problem and I want to help you like I help myself. To be fair, you've had an exemplary head of hair probably your whole life with the curls and the foof and the poof. (laughs) And I don't imagine you want that to go away. How does he know? I don't necessarily mind. Everyone gets all bent out of shape when their hair falls out. I'm like, this is a part of the human experience. Get used to it. People tend to mind for you, especially if you don't care. Yeah, everyone's minding my business. Uh huh. Maybe you do. Maybe it's a choice. Maybe you are downsizing your hair. (laughs) No, I am not choosing to downsize my hair, but I'm also choosing not to let it consume my life. You have three kids. You know, guys got to cut corners somewhere. I get it. So maybe you don't want your hair. And if that's a choice, then I support it. No, I, I do want my hair. I just, I realize I'm now, you know, I'm almost 40. I'm not there yet. And this is what happens to people. When's the last time you talked to Jeffrey? It's been over a year. Jeffrey clearly feels very comfortable with your all's relationship. Oh, yeah. If he came but, out of the woodworks with that. But I have a solution. I saw in my own head, my hair is growing back on my temples. Oh. Um, it's a little bit of a regimen. Wow, you've got hot temples, Jeffrey, with your little, okay. your little hairy temples. I just, as a friend, want to share with you that I use red light therapy. So red light therapy, I think it's just you go mm. under like a red bulb and you got to wear glasses and you got to protect yourself because it could fry your eyes out. I mean, as far as I know, again, this is just the very surface level that I know about it. But I don't know that I want to go through all that. If you want your hair back... Text me and then I'll send you everything you need to know oh, about red light hair growth therapy. Mm. Okay, I hope you and your head are well. Bye. Okay, so <laughs> you know what? I'm actually going to text Jeffrey right now and see if he can come on the radio. Yes, I want to talk to him. Because he'll be around. We'll get him on in a few minutes. And I'm, I'm going to ask him about this because I haven't talked to him about this message that he left me. Okay. Brace yourself. If you're in the car, make sure you're like double strapped in. This is the TJ Show. Just a few moments ago, we were playing back some... Well, I guess personal audio, right, J-Bo? I got a 
voice message from a friend of mine. His name is Jeffrey, and he was mentioning that he noticed from our Instagram posts that your hair follicles aren't as abundant and maybe thick and dense as they once were. And he went on to offer a solution <laughs> for the fact that my hair is starting to fall out. Right. And so I, I thought, well, why don't I just get him on the phone? I haven't talked to him, by the way, since this message came over. Jeffrey, are you there? I'm here. Thank you for coming on the radio. Now, first of all, when someone gets a message like that, can you get to the chase a little faster? Because you you sort of <laughs> kept saying, I've got something really important to tell you. Don't be offended. And I was sitting there nervous. I was like, what did I do to this guy? Uh, I, it, was he going to be upset with me? And then you just told me that you noticed I could use some help with my hair. And I was kind of relieved. Okay, TJ, it's a very, for some, delicate subject. I know that if someone brought that to my attention, I would potentially be offended. And the last thing I wanted to do was to hurt your feelings since I was there to help you. So I just felt like I really needed to be delicate about it. And in all honesty, I'm not typically that direct with people when it comes to things like that. I don't think I've ever advised anyone on their appearance either way. Why did you trust me enough to share that with me? Well, because I know the psychological distress that starting to lose my hair caused me and I didn't want you to go through that as well. Well, so here's the part to get to the conversation that you brought up about losing hair and what do you do about that? I see that people freak out about this. They're very self-conscious about it. And depending on everyone's individual situation, they're all going to take this differently. And yeah, when it first started happening, it was a little upsetting, but I kind of just wrote it off as this is a part of the human experience. I'm happy that I'm still here. And if I'm still here, that means I'm going to be withering away and I'm at peace with withering away. (laughs) Wow. That's a very evolved perspective. And I I, I wish they had that in a pill I could swallow. I think it's called the Jesus pill. (laughs) He's withering away. He's okay with it. Yeah. I see that you're wearing a little red hat shooting red light into your head. Do you wear that all the time? Not all of the time because there's a science behind it where you can only, your scalp can only absorb so much to be beneficial. But I thought I'm going to be talking to TJ. I have a moment. Why don't I do my red light therapy while I talk with TJ and kill two birds with one stone and grow out my beautiful mane? I have to say, wearing a big red light hat looks a lot more weird than a bald head. Okay, well, I'm in my bedroom, and this is for 30 (laughs) minutes. And the only people that can see me are you, well, you guys that are on the phone, your thousands of listeners, and whoever (laughs) is out my window that I have open right now. So, in other words, my vanity is put on pause while I regrow my hair. Jeffrey, listen, (laughs) I want to tell you, I genuinely did appreciate your message. And I appreciate your heart towards me. And I'm, I'm not interested in wearing a big red light hat, but it doesn't bother me. I'm just happy to be alive. Mm, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swallow my you, Jesus right, pill. Good for you, right, Jeffrey? <laughs> <laughs> well, TJ, this is where a little bit of the snarky Jeffrey's going to just enter the building, just for enter the chat just for a couple of seconds. Okay. You are a public-facing person who also has a wife. Do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> am I wrong? There, Can I get an amen? There's my amen. friend, Jeffrey. 
Yeah, I think we need to start calling it the Swifty Bowl. Uh-oh. Because we're seeing more headlines about Taylor Swift. Don't do that. Than we are about the football game. I don't know, man. Dads, Braz, and Chads might get upset with you. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, even Kenny, who's a super fan of football, consumed by the Swifty headlines. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I have some here, an update in case you're following along as well. American Airlines names flight from Kansas City to Las Vegas, 1989. Hmm. <laughs> in nod to Taylor Swift after the Chiefs win. Super Bowl-bound Kansas City Chiefs are riding a $331.5 million boost to their value just because of Taylor Swift. This was in a Fortune article. A president of a marketing group broke things down. He tracked and measured this brand value by tracking mentions, photographs, news stories about Swift tied to the Chiefs or the NFL from the end of September to January 22nd. According to Front Office Sports, the NFL recorded its highest regular season female viewership since it began tracking numbers in 2000. (laughs) Female viewership rising up to 9% in the past year. 9%. And real quick, if you don't know, 1989 is the year Taylor Swift was born, and it's also one of her... The title to one of her albums. So what you're saying is is that the NFL is making money off of Taylor Swift. It seems to be the case, yeah. Jabo. There's also a whole rabbit hole that a number of Swifties are going down. And look, the math adds up. Swifties know that Taylor's lucky number is 13. And look at how often this appears. The Chiefs versus the 49ers is Super Bowl 58. 5 plus 8 equals? 13. 13. Oh, there you go. Super Bowl 58 will be the 13th Chiefs game that Taylor has attended this season. The date of the Super Bowl is 2-11. 2 plus 11 equals? 13. The flight from Japan to Las Vegas is roughly how many hours? About 13 hours. (laughs) Yep. Okay. I'll keep going. I mean, I can do this all show if you want. <laughs> I'm telling you, Swifties, they don't play, man. They'll find, they'll, they'll try to find Easter eggs for sure. Wait, wait, wait. Let me see if you know the answer to this one. You ready for it? Okay. So the Chiefs are playing the 49ers. Four plus nine equals? I don't know, 97? 13. 13. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. I knew it. Right off the bat. Just one more. Just give me one more. So the 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy, wears number? 13. 13. Yeah, see? I mean, <laughs> they've really taken the time to break this down. I mean, who's not going to be watching this? This is probably going to be the most viewed game of all time. Now, TJ, you're not into sports at all. Does it mean? Does this mean that you're going to watch the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, I, I've got no choice at For this point. For the love story? Maybe just say yes. Say yes! Yeah. Oh, say yes! I, I said yes. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I'm in. Yes. I'm in. And I do find myself enjoying the game. Once I get in front of a game, I can get into it. Yeah. It's just a matter of making me turn it on. But this, I think, will, will get me there for sure. So there it is, the Swifty Bowl. It's coming up a couple weeks away. Yep. Getting closer and closer. And uh, I think Kenny invited me to his Super Bowl party. Did he? Because Did we're you? having it at Producer Heather's house. <laughs> yeah. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear about that. No, we... <laughs> I, I meant to invite you, even though it's her house. Oh, well, then maybe I don't need to go. No, it's, I haven't gotten fine. around to it yet. Here's your fine. invitation, TJ. That's fine. We're having a gathering at Producer Heather's cool. house. All right, cool. Well, I guess I'll be there. Well, we asked camera guy Josh. He said no, and then you were out of the room, and now that you're here, you're invited. Well, Please thank come. you. I appreciate the invitation. It sounds like I was front and center. Bring some uh, Jess cookies uh, for your wife, please. Great. Jess will love that. I'm leaving her at home with the kids. She's going to really love that. No, bring Jess. Okay. What about the kids? Uh, You have in-laws. Yeah, that's where grandma's (laughs) This is the TJ Show. And yesterday, 
Our pal Jabo was sharing. She was coming off her six-year wedding anniversary weekend. It was beautiful. It was beautiful, yes. Your husband Archie's in town. Yep. And, you know, he's active in the U.S. military, so you guys don't get to spend a lot of time together in the mm-hmm. same place. Unfortunately, no. And, wow, you asked him a bunch of questions, and he knew the answers. Mm-hmm. I was impressed. Inspiring to all of us. We yeah. should probably be <laughs> listening more and taking note of our partners. And or Maybe I just talk too much, and so he has no choice to listen. <laughs> well, you've got a lot to share. You I know? do. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's now, really sweet. Now, Heather... <laughs> You brought up something uh, yesterday that you wanted the spotlight on you for, so go ahead. Well, my anniversary was also this weekend, and I don't know, nobody asked me about... Mm Well, about, now, about the weekend or how it went or, you know, well, you it was cute share, or, so. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you talk about it once until J-Bo brought up hers? Yeah. I want uh, people need to know. Yeah, oh, but you I just did, now bring it up. I guess the message didn't really get to me. Yeah. My bad. So... Well, how many years are you celebrating with your husband, Lewis? Two long years. Two long years. Why Why were they long years? <laughs> they just felt a little longer than the normal Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, I describe... You, know, you see someone every day, I mean... Yeah, I described the 10 years I've been with my wife, and it feels like a flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saying two... We've been together for like 10 total, so it's been a, okay, it's been a minute. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, yeah. in uh, J-Bo fashion... You decided to celebrate in your own way coming off your two-year anniversary, mm-hmm. and uh, you interviewed Lewis, your husband. Yeah, I wanted to be involved. Now, one of your goals in your relationship, and you've shared this many times, is you want to talk to Lewis more, mm-hmm. which is a great goal for anyone in any kind of a relationship. The more we get to know each other, the better. So here we go. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions, see how, how much you've gotten to know me over the past two years of marriage, and oh. then, you know, the subsequent years of... You sound really excited getting into this. <laughs> yeah. Did you just wake up from a nap and think of this? <laughs> yeah. Dating and whatnot. Yeah, I'm going to crush this. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very confident. Mm-hmm. First question. Okay. Who's my best friend? I am. Yes, but like out of my friends, who's my best friend? Still me. All right, I will give you that one. <laughs> That's a great answer. I like the double down in confidence. He wouldn't let it go. <laughs> does he know who like your best friend is outside of your relationship? He probably does, or he has at least a guess. He yeah. just, you know, he's Didn't being him. He's like, yeah. no, it's him. <laughs> sure. You don't need to let me have it. It was the correct answer. Okay, cool. You're crushing. Crushing. Oh, yeah, a little overly confident. What's my shoe size? Eight or an eight and a half. How do you know that? I've bought you shoes before for presents. Wow, that is impressive. I don't know my wow. wife's shoe size. I have no idea. You ever bought her shoes? No. Okay. That's well, the problem. Well, you don't know. I was going to say, weirdo. You're a weirdo. What's my pin number for my debit card? Oh, good. Uh, get, a, get a pen. Get a pen. <laughs> oh. oh, you beeped it out. That's so boring. Yeah, that's it. What's my weirdest quirk? I mean, that thing that you do with the hair in the shower is pretty weird. I don't want it to go down the drain. Yeah, but then you just stick it on the wall and leave it there. I don't mean to. I just forget it sometimes. Well, sometimes is all the time. It's weird. What's your problem? You can't just throw it in the garbage? Well, no. So what happens? So, like, you know, a certain amount of hair falls out when you're in the yeah. shower. And then when I don't want it to go in the drain, I put it on the wall and swirl it around. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. <laughs> you do the same thing, right? Yeah, I think and then sometimes I just forget to take it and throw right. it away. Yeah. yeah, it looks like your wall is going through a different phase of it's life. Art. <laughs> what are you talking about? I killed them. Well, sort of. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I mean, sort of. No, I did, nailed that. No, you did good. You did good. Yeah. That's right. It was a perfect score. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Do I get to ask you questions now? No. Okay. All right, so it's not fair. <laughs> Listen, you keep talking to your husband. You keep asking each other questions. Keep learning about each other. And I'm celebrating with you. I'm you sorry go. that didn't come up yesterday. And he's clearly listening because he aced it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it when you're married to an ace. 
This is the TJ Show, our news. It sounds a whole lot different around here. Our producer, Kenny, he reads through every story he can find, and then he brings us the most interesting ones. Kenny, what's happening on the planet today? Yesterday, Toyota issued a do-not-drive advisory to owners of 50,000 vehicles in the U.S., according to routers. That's inconvenient. Yes, very much so, and and possibly very dangerous, too. The advisory affects older cars, namely some 2003-2004 model year of the Corolla, the 2003-2004 Corolla Matrix, and the 2004-2005 RAV4 with Takata airbag inflators. The concern is over the airbag inflators, which could explode and potentially be catastrophic. Mm. So Toyota is urging drivers of these vehicles to stop driving and immediately get repairs. For 20 years, people have been driving around with these things in their cars, or they're saying at this point in time now? Great question. That is a great question, which I don't have the exact answer to, but I guess they discovered the problem with these older vehicles. However, Mm. this is not the first time that there have been recalls associated with these Takata airbag inflators. Over the last decade, more than 67 million Takata airbag inflators have been recalled in the U.S. by more than 20 automakers and more than 100 million inflators worldwide. It's the biggest auto safety callback in history. Well, the upside is that you don't have to pay for it. At least the Toyota would pay for it. They do for most recalls, at least. I just think about people who are like, trying to go to work and then yeah. now they're get being told news. yeah, yeah they can't yeah. drive it's that's yeah. tough to go through but hopefully they get it all fixed and as few people as possible are hurt exactly kenny what else do you have tmz is reporting on a story that drew barrymore revealed on her talk show she told her audience that she was thrilled when she recently matched with a man who claimed to be the quarterback for the la rams on a dating app she was excited to tell him that she went to the coliseum to see the first Rams game in Los Angeles, but as it turns out, she wasn't talking to the Rams quarterback, who is currently Matt Stafford. She said he was a random musician who thought he was being, quote, cute by oh. lying about his identity. It's never cute to lie about your identity, and also it kind of shows, I do feel for her, I do, because you see the humanity in a celebrity when she's like, oh, I got duped, I got catfished, I really thought it was this like NFL player, but she didn't know anything about football because Matthew Stafford is married he has like three daughters he's I don't know when this happened you know but I wonder if this is recent or not yeah well she revealed this recently on her show so it's not clear whether or not this was a recent catfishing or something that happened years ago I just didn't know it was possible for Drew Barrymore to be on a dating app and like navigate it seriously if you see Drew on there aren't you like uh that's that's Drew Barrymore you the real one no you're not how does anyone believe it's her yes producer Heather Famous people like that are not on normal. They're not on Bumble no. or stuff like that. They're on their own dating sites. Yeah, okay. like Simone Biles, the Olympian, like she met her husband on a dating app. What if you're Drew and you want to meet a plumber? <laughs> yeah. Well, then I guess she'll go to Tinder. I don't know. Yeah, I think the yeah. dating app that uh, producer Heather is referring to is called Raya, yeah. and you have to be verified yep. in oh. order to get accepted there. But at the same time, she very well could be using Tinder or Bumble right. or Hinge. Wow. I doubt it because she, she found an NFL player on Tinder or B- Bumble or Hinge. She should have assumed she was being catfished. Yeah, if I was on a dating app and I show up to meet the girl and it's Drew Barrymore, I'm like, you guys, where are the cameras? Like, you guys are, you guys are trying to mess with me. Stop. I, I don't even know how any of that could get off the ground. She's been single since 2016 and, and she's trying to find love again. So. I understand that. We wish her luck, but I guess this proves that this kind of thing can happen to anybody. Kenny, what else do you have? A man from Belarus has built himself a fully functional boat made completely of ice. 
that scares me a little bit, depending <laughs> on where you're going. You know, if you want to go from, I don't know, Alaska to Hawaii. Probably yeah. not a good idea, you no. think? No. <laughs> I'm saying he, he was staying in cold weather, right? <laughs> you would yes. hope so. It's okay, very good, cold good. in Belarus right now. And I don't think it's meant for long-distance travel or really travel at all, but he did prove that it does work and it can carry at least one passenger. It looks like an old-fashioned tugboat. That's so cool. It reminds me of when I was a kid and there was this big snow pile in front of my grandpa's house and I carved out a fort inside of it and nice. it just so happened to like freeze into a big ice block igloo. And it was That's the coolest cool. thing. But I never thought, could it cave in on me? Like I'm playing in there, I'm digging it out. I had no architectural background whatsoever. Yeah. I was like nine, <laughs> but it was so cool. But it, you know, just sometimes it's fun to play. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what this Ivan Karpitsky has done. He is a self-taught artist who has a passion for ice and snow sculpting. And he's been making different ice and snow sculptures uh, going back to 2020 when he created a violin made completely of ice. Mm. Uh, and now every year he seems to try to outdo himself. So he uses rectangular blocks of ice, which he cuts to shape and then glues together with other blocks using water. You don't huh. need real glue. You could just use the water. It freezes and then fuses the two pieces That's awesome. together. That is brilliant. Why don't you make one out of a big ice cube? Right? They, they float, right? I mean, it's, it's a good idea. Yeah, that's kind of fun. I'm going to try that. I have huge ice cubes in my freezer. You're going to need a lot of those. No, I just want like a little tiny boat and see if I can just get it to float. I mean, it's ice. It's got to float. It's going to float. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, I'm building a boat. I'm going to put one of my daughter's LOL dolls in it and send them on a voyage. <laughs> yeah, th I think they would like that. I wouldn't see that. Kenny, what else do you have? We're learning from Ars Technica that Amazon's planned buyout of the Roomba-making company iRobot is no longer happening. Why? It's mostly to do with European Union antitrust regulators and also antitrust regulators here in the United States. Mm. The I deal didn't, I didn't even know about this. I just yeah. wanted, I was just well, hearing about it for the first time. I'm surprised time. that you even asked why. <laughs> well, yeah, it is a cool concept that you could set up a vacuum cleaner and it just cleans your house for you. It makes life easier, I'll tell you that. Do you have one? We do it. My husband Archie does not where he stays. Does it work? The state he stays in. Yeah, he loves it. Really? Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, the deal was for $1.4 billion, and now that it's not going through, Amazon has to pay iRobot a $94 million termination fee. Mm. The reason why this was blocked, or the reason why there were concerns, the EU thought that Amazon would rig the marketplace searches for robotic vacuums, pushing Roombas to the top of the list and other competitors to the bottom. And then U.S. trade regulators had their concerns, saying that Amazon would control too much of the smart home market, and it can gather a lot of personal information from its customers. Mm. Now, Roombas map out a house's layout. It knows the size. It knows oh, where the furniture is. So all of that information would be very valuable to marketers, and Amazon could then sell that information to them. I get kind of excited about stories like that because you go, oh, maybe somebody is fighting the yeah, robot takeover. Out for us. I didn't even think Roomba could send some data yeah. to someone. A, how dare they? <laughs> are they looking out for us or are they looking out for their own pockets? I don't know, Jabo. Because they know that that would make possibly, like he said, Amazon has a big, they'll have a big market on when it comes to data. So they're, they're looking out for themselves. They're fighting. We're just watching. Yep. yep. Kenny, what else you have? The Good News Network is reporting on a master kilt tailor in Scotland that has created an online course and accreditation program that will help preserve the art form of kilt making for generations to come. Keep it's beautiful. the I like that. kilt. I know. Keep the kilt. Yeah. Keep the kilt. It's got a ring to it. Yeah, her name's Marion Foster. And she's one of the last master kilt tailors in Scotland. So if she didn't do this, mm. perhaps the art form would go away mm. in the Look years to come. 
Yeah, I, I've never worn one. Have you? I, I own two. You own two? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Good for you. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that the Irish also wore kilts. They think it's a pure Scottish thing. But I'm for it, Scottish or Irish. I just want to know that if something happens to one of my two kilts, that I might be able to get another one or get it repaired in the future. Backup plan. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe I'll take this course. But that's the benefit of like social and digital is that now Foster's can use it to preserve something that she, you know, loves so much. Yeah. And I, my favorite kilt designer was Calvin Kilt. No longer <laughs> doing it from what I understand. Yeah, to Jabo's point, the kilt maker said she recognized that information was disappearing and a lot of things are being lost just because they weren't written down to begin with. So this yeah. will etch it in stone forever. The written word, it's so important. Training the next generation, so yep. important. Kenny, what else do you have? The U.S. Energy Department announced new energy efficiency standards for ovens and stoves. The big takeaway, not much is changing. Uh, the department assured that the vast majority of gas stoves on the market, 97%, already meet the standards. Oh, okay. Is this a follow-up? There was some serious fear-mongering happening some months back. I think we even brought it up where big news organizations were reporting how gas stoves had yep. to go away. They're going away, yeah. And I'm like, what? I mean, that is frightening for a number of reasons because do we really want to be dependent on an electricity company? On the grid? Yeah, yeah no. to be able to heat our food up? And also the gas stoves, they cook better. They're so much better, personally. I agree. Yeah, but for so many reasons, I, I feel like that choice has to remain in the consumer's hands. I mean, obviously, we wouldn't want to do anything that's harmful to us, but I think if you're venting properly and right. everything's done the right way and you got the right people installing it, I think it's okay. So that's good to hear. Yes, actually, the main target of the new efficiency standards were electric stoves. Uh, the Get Appliance Standard Awareness Project said ensuring all models of smooth top units use at least 30% less energy than the lowest performing models today. They say 77% of electric ranges already meet the standards. Look at that. So, well, that's okay. encouraging. And that is a, I, I got very nervous about that when I saw that story because we use a gas stove and the way they were saying it, they're like, you're in danger from inhaling the, I'm like, whoa, I got kids. Like, what are you talking about? Sure. We've and been so, using gas stoves for a very long yes. time. Grateful that like someone said, hey, wait a minute, let's do some research on that. Producer Heather said that she's struggling cleaning the top of her electric stove. And I have a question about this because I have a theory about people who obsess over cleaning their stove tops. Okay. What is your problem with it, first of all? You have an electric stove, right? I do, and it has the glass top. I like, guess when I first moved in, I built something on it and it burned onto the glass and now I just can't get it clean. I bought the specific cleaner for the glass top and it still won't get clean. I don't know. It makes me think of my mom. Every time I go visit my parents, there's at least a half an hour to 45 minutes where my mom is scrubbing the top of her stove. And she's wow. so careful. That's intense. Yeah. And I got into a little bit of an argument with her last time because I said, Mom, why are you cleaning the stove? You're going to use it again. Oh, get out of here. I got to keep everything clean. It's not like your house. You got a big mess. <laughs> oh, she gets all offended. shots fired. And so I'm trying to get her on the phone because I feel like she would love to know that someone else cares about cleaning their stove you so much. You should clean your stove top. Well, I mean, listen, you wipe it down, but do you need to start scrubbing when it's all scratched up? And my mom is like polishing the top oh, of her yeah, stove. Oh, no, that's a waste of time. She's got this, I don't even know what it is. It's this special chemical she orders to clean the stove. I'm like, mom, you're spending so much time to keep this stove clean. I mean, you're just going to make it dirty. And then here's the most hilarious part. I mean, it's sad, but it's hilarious. She dropped some jar on the top of her glass stove mm. and it cracked the whole yeah. thing. And so mm. she's been cleaning this glass stove incessantly and then cracks it 
has to get it replaced. Now she's got a brand new stovetop. It looks beautiful. And guess what? <laughs> she's cleaning it again. And I'm like, this has to stop. Like, what's going to happen if you leave your stovetop dirty? Is that going to make it harder to cook food? No, I just don't like looking at it. It looks, it just annoys me to see a, like a burn on there. Doesn't it eventually burn off though? It hasn't yet. It's been there for almost a year. No, I feel you on that because the front part of my oven, I guess the previous tenant that lived in that apartment, they had some grease or oil. A like sauce left oh, over. <laughs> it, I can't get to it and it irritates me every time I look at it. It's gross. Scrape it off. It's sauce chips. No, it's inside of the <laughs> stove. You had to like take the door off and take the glass apart. This has been Stubborn Stains, an all-new segment Uh. on The TJ Show. What stubborn stains do you have in your life? You know, actually, I do have a stubborn stain that still haunts me. I got a brand-new sweater, and I was was cooking eggs. Olive oil popped onto Mm -hmm. the shirt. I can't get that off. Now Mm -hmm. I got this little blob on my shirt. It looks like I'm always unable to keep food in my mouth. (laughs) And stubborn stains will really ruin someone's day. Yeah. Yeah. Have you tried dish soap on that stain? No. Does that work? Try it. My mom taught me that trick. It works pretty well for oil stains. Well, you know what? If Don can take grease off of uh, ducks and oil spills, why not? Yeah. You know, I never thought of that. Just a little dabble. Just a little dollop, as you would say. Do you know that I always buy Don because, since we're talking about detergents and cleaning, do you know that I always opt to dawn because of the commercial Same. where there, there were these ducks that were covered in oil mm-hmm. yeah. in a big oil spill yeah. <laughs> and they actually get it off the ducks and then you see the ducks waddling around it's the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life well here's something else too that's gonna make you go what? if you have a dog that has fleas you can bathe it in dawn and it dries out the fleas this is good news. I spent $23 on doggy shampoo yeah. the other day because my dog rolled in some other animals, you know what? Mm-hmm. And I don't know why she chose of all the places to roll mm-hmm. to do that, but she wanted it on her. It was like her uh, perfume. It's, it's a scent. You know, dogs yeah. have that smell. I, I probably could have saved about $15 by going with Dawn. Yeah. See? Not all the time, though. Like I said, it does dry out their skin. Kenny, thank you for keeping us somewhat informed. That's what's happening. At least for now, that's the story. Yes. You never know. In this wild world, changes next week, mm-hmm. comes back. 